0: gentlemen boys and germs it's the moment you've all been waiting for it's a brand new episode of the fourth and one podcast live from lancaster and wherever my guest is from anchor.fm slash fourth and one as well as instagram uh At 4th and 1 podcast. Uh, Quick update for those of you listening. And for those of you watching. Micaiah is now the one having technical difficulties. Now luckily it will be an easy fix. So he'll be back right in time. To preview a little bit week zero. Lovingly filling in for him. Is... Roberto, as we call him. My man, Robert, you are very much aware of Robert. He's been on the podcast a few times. He is our, what we call him, our CFP Insider. Robert, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. Lots
1: of big stuff happening in the world, you know?
0: Especially in the sports world. And with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right on into it. Uh, a couple big news deals. The first one we're going to talk to here um, is a $1 billion a year contract. That is the biggest contract. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I'll, I'll th- throw this up on the screen then. Uh, $7 billion over the lifetime of the contract. I don't see on this article how long that is. Seven years, I believe. Okay, so it is a so it's a seven year contract, seven billion over the lifetime of the contract. Sorry, that is the television rights, television rights. There we go, of the Big Ten, and I'm assuming that is. We talked about this a little bit. Me and Makai talked about this a little bit on last podcast. I think you talked about it a little bit with him last. That's between uh, Fox Sports, their main TV partner, NBC and CBS. Yep, it's
1: between the combination of the three.
0: Okay, um, with obviously probably I would assume Fox getting the major end of the, the big end of the deal.
1: Yeah, they're the. I
0: think they have like fifty-one percent of the deal.
1: 59%. They have the majority.
0: Wow, Big Ten unbothered by the prospect of windfall, inviting new pressure is borrowing strategy that of the NFL. This is from the New York Times. Sorry has relied on becoming North America's wealthiest sports league starting to 2023 it will split its fourth football games among the three broadcast networks Fox CBS and NBC um, each armed with a sought-after time slot uh, I would assume Fox will be keeping their big noon kickoff CBS will get the yeah. three o'clock game and NBC will get the late game yeah taking over ESPN spot Uh, Robert, I obviously don't remember the conversation you had with Micaiah. I'm not going to lie. So if you already had this conversation, you're (laughs) going to be having it again. What does this mean for, let's just say, college football in general?
1: Uh, I mean, for college football, it makes the Big Ten the place to be. That's where the money's at right now. I mean, yeah, uh, the SEC went to ESPN, but I don't think their deal – is going to be over a billion dollars. I mean, if if anything, it opens the door for Notre Dame to join. It opens whoever wants to join almost.
0: So obviously what Robert is referring to is a little bit, the big 10 was going after Notre Dame after securing um, UCLA and USC, the two um, LA Los Angeles Uh, schools there Um, obviously excuse me obviously uh, the Big Ten immediately basically came right out that they were going after Notre Dame and that Oregon and who was the other team was it Washington was also on the short list for joining the Big Ten after leaving the Pac-12 Um I tried to pull up, it's a $3 billion deal for the ESPN um, that they cut from, dear lord, that's a 10-year deal. So, it's a 7-year deal for e- for for CBS, uh, NBC, and Fox for the Big Ten for a 7-year, $1 billion a year. The SEC went from... That's a $5 million, $5 billion a year, if I'm remembering correctly, the SEC for a 10-year. So all of the sudden, sorry, more to your point. I'm still processing all of this because I didn't know all the details. (laughs) I got this at work. So all of the sudden, you go from the SEC being the big dogs, especially in the TV rights deal because everybody wants to, you know, football down in the South, Saturday in the South, that sort of thing. Saturday's down South. Sorry, that's what I was looking for. And all of the sudden... Like, to your credit, it's the Big Ten with a seven-year deal, which is shorter, more money, so they can be renegotiated. Do you think this lends well to, like, this only sets the stage for a Super League? I think it will. Uh,
1: There's no way for, like, the ACC, who are they going to try and sign a big mega deal with and your big games if it's a 330 game that's gonna get overshadowed by any big 10 game and at seven o'clock you know they would have to play someone spectacular in order to overshadow any of that so for it to be just a super league you have to be in the big ten or the SEC just to get that money from your media.
0: So obviously most a lot of your advertising during the week would be pre-advertising for your time slot pushing people to for Fox, excuse me, Fox, NBC and CBS would be pushing people to whatever time slot is your big game, you know, the right. big game for that week whatever it would be and then those, that ad revenue would be more expensive than other ad revenue because you're going to get more eyeballs on it. Uh, here's my question that I have for you. I'm more likely to watch, let's say, Old Miss versus Auburn than, like, Michigan State versus Rutgers. It's roughly, right now, like, the same caliber of team right. uh, I'm putting in there. So right now, I'd rather watch at 3.30, I'd rather watch the SEC game than the Big Ten game. And normally, Makai's the one asking the questions. So, (laughs) I'm I'm kind of making them up as I go. Is the SEC scared? I guess is kind of what I'm getting at.
1: I think in a way, they're scared just because I think they see that the Big Ten has a lot more appeal to get other teams, to get other games, then you're still going to have, like, like Northwestern, Nebraska. You're still going to have Indiana and Maryland. But the teams that they're adding somewhat can overshadow those same things. Mm. You might have Alabama, Texas A&M at 330, but then you also might have, you know, USC versus... Ohio State or USC versus whoever when they come in. So it creates more of a match, like a matchup problem for the SEC.
0: The bigger names coming in. And again, reports rumoring Big Ten obviously wants Notre Dame. Notre Dame said, no, if I'm remembering correctly. That's a no, not right now. Trust me. Not a no, we're going to stay independent. Um, obviously, the ACC will look up to lock, lock up Notre Dame to try to get something in the Pac-12. Is is this the final nail in the coffin for the Pac-12 and the Big 12?
1: I think so. I mean, that's, it's going to be too hard to make up because now you're really relying on your 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock games being like your show. I mean, whenever, when else is the Pac-12 on TV, at least on the East Coast, it's, it's just really hard to watch those kind of games. And with the Big 12 losing Texas and Oklahoma, those are your, your two biggest names.
0: They're adding... Um, they're adding UCF, Houston, Cincinnati. Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. Do you want them? No? Uh, 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 it's really not. It goes to yeah. show you. Really not that right. big of a deal at the end of the day, <laughs> Do you think... If one slash all of those teams have a really good year, somehow you UCF. Now UCF, the reason for those of you who don't know UCF, largest school in America, well, second largest school now. They got overtaken by A and M, so second largest school in America, Orlando. Um, the reason that they're they're pit pulling them in, they've had good success in the past, not in not in the recent future though. Um and well not to the level that you would want a team coming in. Um, but they bring in a lot of they bring in Florida for the Big Twelve and they bring in a lot of eyeballs given the amount of students that they have um going to their school. So let's say if does Cincinnati if Cincinnati and Houston, which you've probably heard me and Makai talking about if Cincinnati and Houston have a good year this year, does the big does the Big Well have a chance? Does the Big Twelve have a chance, as the meme would say?
1: I still don't think because I mean one year is good and it's gonna it might bring some eyes this year, but then you, when you start off next year and you're zero and two or you're just a middle of the road team, people are only going to tune in. Maybe when they check on their phone, and it's the fourth quarter, and they see that the game's close. Like they're not going to watch it from start to finish because there's no, there's no hype around that game if you can't consistently be good.
0: I think that's fair. Um, Big Twelve, at least I feel like, is fighting for third place with the ACC, possibly if they have a good year, um, but. At the end of the day, especially if the ACC lands Notre Dame, who is in a great spot right now um, as Notre Dame, and they have a great alumni program, um, which is very interesting. Fun fact about great alumni programs. Makes me think of the Ivy League. This is Simeon's unnecessary white... Man! No! I missed it. A white man! There we go. Unnecessary fun fact. I watched a great little video. There's this guy on YouTube, and I don't know who he is. Apparently... ESPN had the TV rights for a little bit of the Ivy League and the Ivy League got into a spat with ESPN because they weren't happy with the games they were broadcasting I kid you not
1: I mean, what games could they possibly
0: I mean we're talking mean... <laughs> it's trash games Get- I understand yeah. that but they were talking like com- like the, bi- the big conference games so like they would let's say like it was Brown versus Cornell I think one year it was basically for... It was basically for the conference championship or two, you know, high-ranking. And instead, they played uh, Yale over Harvard because it was a rivalry game. Oh, the rivalry. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... A, it's a funny little... It's a... what a, a side story or a side quest in the history of college football that I thought I would share. But right. apparently, because you know... It's garbage! Robert <laughs> thinks that it's garbage. Uh, moving <laughs> along here, that's enough about TV deals and money that we will never see. Um... AP came out. AP Top 25 came out this this week. Um, did you listen to last week's podcast? I don't know how much you listen to us. Yeah, I I tune in every time it's on. Oh, well, thank you, Robert, for listening. Absolutely. Again, we're on with Robert, our uh, CFP, as I call him, insider. Um, Michigan ranked 8, drops two spots from the coach's AP poll. Um, Utah jumps them, which I honestly think is fair. I didn't really like them at 6, necessarily, but the interesting one is Penn State, nowhere nowhere to be seen, as Micaiah said last week. Um, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I look at it, the more I'm with him. Um, mind you, the top five stay the same in both the conferences. I really don't understand why Clemson and Notre Dame are there. And both polls, sorry, why Clemson and Notre Dame are there. But... What does this do and or say about the public opinion and, for that matter, the coach's opinion of Penn State? Because, mind you, they were one injury away from competing with Michigan for the Big Ten championship. Um, Maybe they would have done better versus Georgia. Who knows? But like, (laughs) what does this say about the public perception of the Nittany Lions?
1: I think people are just tired of the same Penn State like rhetoric because it's always this is Penn State we you know we believe we're the best and then they play the same games and they lose the big games but then they'll shock you in one big game but there's just so much hype and then disappointment and then at the end of the season they kind of win a couple games I think people are just kind of looking at it as it's no one has a reason to be scared of Penn State yet.
0: Excuse me, long day for me. That's fair. The interesting one about this is uh, for the number of points that that were given out in the poll, twenty um, fifth place, which was BYU. I don't even know where they came from. Um, was two thirty four. Tennessee had 180, Texas had 164, Iowa had 163, and then Penn State had 160 compared to they were second last out of the, which was only a five point difference of the coaches poll um, under Houston at 25 in the coaches poll. Yeah, I don't. This this is weird to me because Penn State did look like a complete team, and everybody said last year, and everybody said, you know, if it wasn't for the Illinois game, especially where they got the ball run down their throats, um, that was just an offensive line game. If it wasn't for that game, we they'd be having a totally different story. Same thing with the Iowa game, um, and they beat Michigan, which was annoying as f. Here's what's something that's surprising me that I'm seeing and I kind of want to talk about of the coaches' poll. We're going to stick on this for a hot second. Um, (laughs) Oklahoma State 12, Baylor 10, Oklahoma 9. Robert, maybe you can explain it to me. Brand new coach, lost their offense completely, all basically transferred out, had a whole new offense transfer in. Not whole, but you get what I'm saying. Can someone explain to me why everybody is so hot on Oklahoma and Oklahoma is not 20th, ranked 20th or something like that right now?
1: I think it's just one of those things where it's still the recruiting class, or it's still the same team essentially of last year, just with one extra recruiting class. So the team, I mean, minus Caleb Williams, but the team is still somewhat the same and they kind of are just going to ride with them and say, you know, it's still Oklahoma, Oklahoma, it's still the Big 12, you know, they're probably going to not have a loss until they go and play Texas and that game's get I would say that game is going to determine where Oklahoma goes in the future because if they lose that game to Texas, that's going to I think be like the big backbreaker for them.
0: The triple R, the Red River River rivalry. See, you can. Yeah. I can never say that straight. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Texas, um, lacking in the coaches' poll. However, in sorry, in the AP poll, however, eighteenth with a single first place vote in the coaches' poll. What's that? The, the meat is the media seeing something that the that the coaches aren't.
1: I think they're just looking at their future recruiting classes. And with, a, with them getting Arch Manning, I think they're saying this. there's something going on in Texas that they think is going to be great. You know, they have Bijan, who he's going to be a good Heisman finalist this year, I believe. But I don't know if I would give them, like, a first-place vote, just with everybody <laughs> else out there. But
0: well, I guarantee you that was, like, Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> or something like yeah. that, who was, you know, voting for his own team. Um, put a couple
1: extra bucks in there.
0: Yeah. So maybe you can explain this one to me because you explained Oklahoma pretty well. What is going on with Cincinnati? I get it. Ton of people transferred out, but is there not like a respect that you give a fi- a top four finalist? Both coaches, coaches poll has them at twenty second. AP poll has them at twenty third. Mind you, twenty fourth is Houston, who right. was a two loss team to be pretty good this year. But, like, Pittsburgh, Wisconsin are ranked over them. NC State is ranked over them. Is this just, again, like you said, them looking at recruiting classes going, yeah, we don't think you can do it a second year? Or is this something totally different?
1: I think this one relies more on consistency. Can Cincinnati consistently be that top four team can they consistently win their conference, win out, and hang with the big dogs? I don't think a lot of people think they can. I think they're like, okay, there's that, there's that one or two good years that Boise State had. Now they're back to where they need to be, kind of thing.
0: One, uh, <laughs> one totally funny note here: uh, UConn Huskies still can't win anything. Um, their defensive coordinator had to take an ab- pers- uh, a leave of absence for personal reasons. This was uh, Thursday, so they're about to start the season without a defensive coordinator with the first-year head coach. <laughs> uh, what is that September seventeenth? I think Michigan plays UConn. I think it's their third non-conference game that they have. Um, yeah. Just a few, th- uh, w- another little headlines here that I think is interesting, and I want to get your take on because, again, I don't think we've gotten it yet. The NCAA asks member schools to help with NIL N-I-L violations. Is that like screaming into the wind? Because I feel like it's screaming into the wind.
1: I think so. And part of me believes the NCAA is reaching out so that the colleges step in so that the colleges look like the bad guys and not the NCAA. That's where I think that's kind of going. And I mean, there is there is an issue kind of going on. They, uh, I sent an article to Makaya. Their quarterback from LSU, he didn't get the starting job this year, so he decided to retire from football. Now, he got to keep all of his NIL money, even though he never actually played. So that's, I mean, to me, that's kind of an issue because it's, you're essentially paying like, a kid to not do anything in, like, a contract situation.
0: Well, I mean, these contracts, granted, I only know, you know, what is the guy's name? Like, DJ Freeze or something like that? Like, the guy, I forget where he's at. He's in, uh, his NIL deal was with an AC commercial of, like, or, like, something like that, Cold. He has a last name that, like, is perfect for air conditioning. yeah. And so a lot of these guys I feel like are under some sort of promotional contract, probably with a booster, but a promotional contract. Um, So obviously if whoever LSU's quarterback is that we're talking about here, and apologies for me not knowing, um, if he breaks his contract, he's not going to get paid. But it also kind of doesn't help, right? You probably have some sort of media coordinator slash Public relations coordinator at these for these football programs in these schools, going, hey, this person would be a good for this brand. NIL money brings him to this school. He's a big face. You're going to get media outlets. And then all of a sudden, this is to your point. And all of a sudden, he goes, he throws a hissy fit because, you know, he's a 19 year old who didn't get the starting job. Shocker. And he retires from football because he doesn't want to try it anymore. And he rage quits the game. Well, now the dude, if he shows up, great. So you have an overpaid 19-year-old actor who doesn't know how to do stuff in your commercials or doing promos because he was going to play college football. Do you think this shows the lack of foresight (laughs) (laughs) as far as the NCAA goes? (laughs)
1: It's, I just think they tried, to, they tried to do something that they thought was right and they were just like let's, let's go ahead and do it and we'll figure it out and we'll cross the bridges when things arise and I don't think they understood the number of colleges that they're supposed to be like overseeing and the number of student athletes that they were supposed to overseeing and the fact that every state is different, every college is different, every student is different. I just don't, I think they bit off more than they could chew. Yeah, I like
0: your I like your thought process of trying to make the colleges be the bad guys. I mean, for schools literally like Texas A&M, Alabama, other schools like that, which by the way, I'm very excited for that Alabama Texas A&M game yeah. this year. Um, Excuse me, because um, those coaches got feisty. They're not going to listen. This is S- this is SMU in the what was that? The seventies, the eighties, all over again. Yeah. They're going to know what's happening and be okay with it because they're going to be winning football games and they're going to be getting landing five star recruits. It's yep. it's the more moral and conscious of the. Um, Jim Harbaugh said that some of the players should be getting some of the TV deal. It's a seven billion dollar deal going to um the big 10 which will then get distributed to the schools so and again the schools have to spend it because they're nonprofits, so they can't make money in a single year at yeah. least not from outside sources so yeah i don't know you probably know my, my already my problem with the NIL my only problem is you're well no it's it's being shown here is you have a bunch of kids who have no idea what they're doing and they're shoving money down their throats so they go play for Michigan Penn State Alabama UCLA USC Washington Oregon the list goes on and on and then they just think that they're worth All of the money in the world now, just because some random bald white guy who runs a car wash wants a good player on his team because he wants to see them win because he's living out his glory days. I don't know. Um, I probably just nailed that hypothetical. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, dude, I don't. It's just it's so. It seems back like it, it seems dystopian to me almost. Like it's it was like oh yeah finally student athletes are going to get the thing and then it's like eh, no uh college football players are going to get money and then it was like oh no one has any idea what they're going to do oh we're screwed oh no what's happening no one's watching over them and to even add to this point to change topics um (laughs) the cfp which is i didn't i have this pulled up here it is uh they met Monday via Zoom and I'm trying to figure out how many people are on it. I think it's fifteen. Uh consists of presidents from all ten major conferences and Reverend John Jenkins of Notre Dame. <laughs> I guess he wanted to be special. Includes significant figures like Mississippi State President, Clemson President, Ohio State. Um they're thinking that they're going to want to split off football. Now, nothing was decided. No further action was decided during this meeting. But the fact that the school presidents were, had the thought, for lack of a better term, is this just going to turn into, is, is college football in America just going to turn into the Premier League of soccer? Like, that's lo- what it looks like it's going. Right. It definitely seems like it's going that way.
1: But I mean, you kind of have to get away from the NCAA at this point, right? Because everything that they're trying to do just isn't working. Every rule, regulation that they... Granted, most of the rules and regulations are in there to for the athlete and the schools, which makes sense. But then there's a whole slew of other ones where it's like, that makes no sense. I don't know why we're doing it this way. And it just seems like the ncaa gets all this money but there's no plan for anything else
0: <laughs> yeah that's fair i mean i forget what march madness made him the one year and it was a ridiculous amount of money and it just all went to the ncaa i mean at this point they're just they're just a broker like they're barely yeah. an oversight they're barely an oversight committee cuz no offense if I have, like, I'm looking right now because I was going to bring it up because why the F not? Um, the, also, the FCS coaches poll came out. I don't know when that exactly came out. And the Division II coaches poll came out. You have, you know, let's say 25 conferences per league, you know, roughly maybe 20. You get more conferences as you go down in divisions um, from FBS to Division three. And then don't forget the N I, the N-A-I-A. But I'm pretty sure to figure out a schedule, all I need is a Google sheet and the other athletic director's phone numbers. And we can decide on some rules. It's not that hard. The PIAA does it all the time. Right. The districts and the leagues do it all the time. So you, kind of what you're saying, and I want to... Kind of pull it out of you here. Are you basically saying that the NCAA might die in, I don't know, let's say ten years?
1: Oh, I, I can definitely see that happening. Just they've essentially they essentially lost control of their money maker because I mean football brings in their just outrageous amounts of money. If CFP pulls out, takes football out they're going to struggle and then it's not going to be far behind where you're going to have other sports starting to pull away from the NCAA and then it's just going to be a bunch of individual bodies looking over the respective sport <laughs>
0: bodies. oh I thought you meant like zombie <laughs> like like uh, basically <laughs> empty suits and then I'm like oh wait no you mean governing bodies I was very confused there for a hot second uh by the way, for anybody who doesn't care, which is – for you, for anybody who cares, which is like three of you, um, top five <laughs> – top five of the SCS, uh, North Dakota State, Montana, South Dakota State, Montana State, Villanova, which is interesting to say the least of the SCS because uh, four of those schools are in the same exact division. So, yeah, that's, that's saying something. Uh, Kutztown is – Ranked 13th in Division II, the Division II coaches poll. California PA is ranked 21. I didn't even know they were big enough. Slippery Rock is 23rd. And the reason I'm bringing these up for anybody who doesn't live in the states, these are all Pennsylvania state schools. So uh, public public institutions of higher learning. Um, Ferris State was number one in case anybody cared, which nobody did also rate this school name the colorado school of mines i mean i got to know if there's actually any mines
1: in colorado because if it's one of those things where there's no mines and it's a school for mines then it's like a zero but if there's a bunch of mines i'll give it a 10
0: well yeah okay here's the thing let's say it definitely once was a school for like miners for yeah. sure Or like, was a mineral and mining like tech school? It was a public research founded in founded in eighteen seventy four. But do you does it lose ranking if uh, if they don't like focus on that anymore? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: I would say it's just because it's like a it's like being a culinary school but not focusing on cooking.
0: Uh, Interesting. Okay, sorry. Just real quick. The school offers undergraduate and graduate degrees. Um, It only offers major degrees in STEM fields with the exception of economics. So it was definitely at one... It's definitely like a, a tech school, but like a modern version of tech school. That's totally random, but that's what we do here at the 4th <laughs> and 1 podcast. Figured f- the worstest podcast in um, the world. Also, ranked 11th and 12th, West Florida and West Georgia, they definitely need to play each other and call it like the Battle of the Wests or something like that. Uh, Naming rights. The other school has to change their name. Um, (laughs) Let me... Do you think I'm too hot on UTSA? I
1: don't think so.
0: I mean, that's that's. Can you uh, expound upon that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, they were the team last year that had so much, kind of going for them, and they were they, they were essentially the Cinderella. Sure. And then, and then the slippers kind of fell off. But I mean,
0: they got the, they got the they, listen. It was the last game. You're 100 percent correct. They started their their win gaps started closing. You could see throughout yeah. the season, and then they finally lost it. Um. So they had they start with Houston. Uh, we're going to talk about them again. Gosh darn it, for everybody else listening, because I want <laughs> Robert's take on this. Houston, Houston Army, Texas, um, UAB. Those are their three, four big games, and I say big because Army. Um, of those four games, do you think they win at least? Do you think they win two of them, or do you think they're they're just going to tank? Because I think they're, I think they had a fifth-year senior at quarterback, if I'm remembering correctly, and he's out. But uh, I think they could definitely get
1: probably two of the most. I would two of the most, one of the least.
0: I think that's fair. Uh, meep, meep, mother effers, as we say on this podcast, because UTSA are the roadrunners. Uh, I had a question for you and it totally slipped my mind. Oh, so West Virginia and Pitt, I think we're in the same conference. Were they in the big East together at one point? I think. Yep. And so they would have this rivalry game, and they're like 45 minutes away from each other. Yeah. Morgantown to Pittsburgh. And I have a co-worker who went to Pitt. And again, because Makai's not here, we get to talk about nerdy things. Um, their rivalry is called the Backyard Brawl. How cool, scale one to ten... And that's September 1st on ESPN at 7 p.m. That's a big game. Backyard Brawl. So how cool is that name? And are there any, as someone who knows a lot of these names, like Paul Bunyan Trophy, that sort of stuff, these rivalry games, the Red River Rivalry? Nailed it. Is Where does this rank for you, and what are some other cool rivalry names, if you can think of any off the top of your head? Uh, this one ranks pretty high, uh, mainly
1: because maybe, well, because it's a Pennsylvania school, so it was one that we kind of heard of a lot. Um, and the game was always good. It was always a hard-fought game. It was always a game that was interesting because both teams usually were relatively good. And then once uh, like the biggies kind of folded and Pitt went to the ACC and West Virginia went to the Big 12, it kind of like fell apart. But... I mean, that one, that's a pretty high up there one for me. Um, Another higher up one, uh, Battle for the Shillelagh. Battle for the what? Shillelagh. Huh. I think that one is USC and Notre Dame.
0: I'm seeing if I can't pull down here. USC... Of course they don't. Do they have it under? No, oh 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 oh! Hold on. Notre Dame
1: have, USC the battle for the golden chaleli.
0: What is a chaleli? Uh, it is. I don't know if it's pipe or.
1: It's a know. jeweled
0: chaleli. Yeah. Awarded to the winner of the annual USC Notre Dame game, uh, is an Irish club made club. of oak or black horn sapling from Ireland. Looks like This thing... It, okay. This thing looks like a giant penis. <laughs> I'm not joking. You guys need to look it up. Look at the Wikipedia page. It it looks like a short elephant trunk. And because it has a club on the top of it, like a round, it looks like that's the testicles, and it looks like a giant penis, and the head is weighing it down. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. There is a platypus trophy.
1: Who's <laughs> that one for?
0: It. That is Oregon versus Oregon State. I don't think it, it. I don't know if it's like the battle.
1: Oh, that used to be the Civil War, but they changed the name of that now, didn't they?
0: Platypus trophy was awarded to rivalry trophy just because the platypus, because it's both the duck and the beaver, and that's right. what it is. For three years, the trophy was awarded to the winning school. The trophy was lost for more than forty years before being rediscovered in two thousand five, and the game's unofficial trophy in two thousand seven. It is currently awarded to the wings to the winning school's alumni. Interesting. So it even has a past theft and disappearance. I will bet definitely be peru Oh, why? Okay, hold up. Notre Dame also has a chalet trophy with uh, Purdue. So yours definitely just got deducted points. Um, Man, Notre Dame has a lot of rivalries. I'm looking at this. Navy Notre Dame. Wow, Navy SMU, the Gantz trophy. Yes, we are looking at... Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Simeon is in control of the podcast. We are looking at different... (laughs) The five... $5 $5 bits of broken chair trophy. <laughs> it's Minnesota, Nebraska. And I have to know why this is. Robert is questioning his existence right now. History in distinct era. Golden Minnesota leads. The, why is it? Okay, the origins was rooted to November. It's a Twitter. I kid you not. The origins of the $5 bits of Broken Chair Trophy is rooted in November 24th banter between the Twitter accounts for Minnesota mascot and uh, the parody account of then-Nebraska coach Bill Polini. <laughs> Goldie, the gopher, suggested a wager on the game with the tweet of, hey, foe Polini, how about a friendly wager of the weekend's game? The team that gets most points... Gets a conference win, seem fair. The faux Polini responded, "Okay, how about if we Nebraska win, you give me five dollars, and if Minnesota wins, I get to smash a wooden chair over your back." <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I mean, that's, Wieto, that's a good one. <laughs> I want to know, like, does after defeat Minnesota and Lincoln inquired, they actually do this? I kid you not, they get bits of broken chairs. That's hilarious. Oh, it looks like it's a $5 bill now. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay, that one now is at the top. You have, like, the Little Brown Jug. I get it. And the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, The Magnolia Bowl is LSU Old Miss. That has a cool name to it. At least that one has a name. There's the Keystone Classic as well. I'm just going to go over a few here. Of course, the Iron Bowl, um, Alabama-Auburn, is a big one. Um, Illinois-Link Northwestern, this is so lame, that's why I'm bringing this up, is the Land of Lincoln trophy. So, yeah, that's lame. Try again, uh, Northwestern and Illinois. The Bayou Bucket, Houston versus Bryce. Uh, Hawaii and Wyoming have a rivalry and trophy. Look at that, hello. dude! Some of these are really cool. The Florida Cup. Okay, that sounds like it should be a race. Um, Florida and Georgia. The Oko Okie thing. Okie ore. I guess it's an. <laughs> it's probably a native ore, and I just absolutely destroyed that. The duel in the desert. Deep South's oldest rivalry. Man. The SEC goes in on their names. They do not care. Okay. We'll wrap this up here and move and move on. Who has a better who has better rivalries? The Big 10 or or the SEC? I would probably The
1: SEC probably has more interesting ones. I think the Big Tens might be a little older.
0: Well, they definitely are older because they yeah. have the oldest teams, right? I mean, yeah. the oldest rivalry is Ohio State-Michigan, which I don't even know what that... I think it's called The Rivalry, if I'm not mistaken. It's just called The Game. The Game? Is that what it is? I think so. Michigan. Michigan. Ohio State. Do we, is this really under Ohio State? Where the, F is this... So you're you're picking the SEC?
1: I think those are more interesting. I, I mean, the Big Tens, the only ones that really I remember half the time are the old brass spittoon, <laughs> the little brown jug, uh, and Paul Bunyan's axe and the trophy. And...
0: The game is Michigan-Ohio State. Third Sunday in October is alabama tennessee that's a. I'm not going to lie, guys. That is. That is up there. I kid you not. There are more. There are. What is this? One, two, three, four, five, six. There are six rivalries involving more than two teams. And yes, if you guys want to know what Simeon gets into on the deep dark of the web, uh, a.k.a. Captain Diabetes, um, we have. The Beehive Boot, which is BYU-Utah-Utah Utah State, previously Weber State. Um, uh, cool. 1971. Didn't know that was a thing. Probably BYU. Well, Utah probably wins that every year. The Commanders-in-Chief Trophy, that one's just plain down cool. That's Air Force, Army, Navy. Right. The Florida Cup, again, sounds like a race. Definitely not that cool. That's Florida, Florida State, Miami. The Michigan MAC Trophy, which is Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. That needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, is Central Michigan still in the MAC? I don't think so. Or... or
1: no. No, I guess they're not. They went to... <laughs> Did they, go, they didn't go Mountain West, right? No. I'm
0: looking. I have to pull it up now because I'm too... They are... No, they are in the MAC. Okay, never oh. mind. All three teams are still in the MAC. Okay, I didn't know that. I know Western Michigan obviously is in the MAC. The Northwest Championship. This is the law. Lo- the the longest running multi team rivalry. Nineteen oh three. I think it was eighteen ninety eight. Is that right? The game eighteen ninety seven. So this is, if I'm doing my math correct, six years after four teams decided to throw it down. So, that's pretty cool. Um, it's the Northwest Championship uh, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. You could also call it the Battle for the, the Battle for Blue or lighting up the libs or something like that. I don't know. Um <laughs> A cool one is the Tobacco Rogue, Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest. That was 1924. Uh, the rest of these are, like, much, much newer, um, and we will leave it at that. So, anyway, Robert, did you think you were going to get a history lesson regarding, regarding this? No, but
1: I'm glad I did because there's actually a lot that I didn't know, and now there's a lot that I'm going to keep an eye on this season. Because now I'm
0: interested. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, an h- uh, interesting one is the Battle for the Bell, which is the Victory Bell Trophy, which also coincides to be Duke North Carolina's trophy. It's the second oldest um, rivalry, obviously before Michigan-Notre Dame, which was 1887. 1888, there were one, two, three rivalries that started. Two in this. Whatever North Carolina is doing, they need to chill out. Because first, their neighbors to the south started a war. And mind you, Charleston's not that far away from North Carolina. So, y'all need to chill down there because you have four rival... Do, do y'all just hate each other? Is it too hot? Is it too humid? I I don't understand. So, you have, uh, the, which is Cincinnati and Miami of Ohio. Sorry, that's the victory bell. And that's the second longest. 125 meetings. Obviously, the most meetings is one of our favorites, Minnesota-Wisconsin, which is Paul Bunyan's app. uh, Paul Bunyan's axe. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Obviously, Auburn-Georgia is tied with... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're we're doing this again. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) This is happening, but Simeon can't. They're tied. The Deep South's oldest rivalry is tied with the South's oldest rivalry, Auburn and Georgia, and North Carolina, Virginia. Y'all need to figure yourselves out, okay? You can't have the same name. I don't care how close it is. You can't do it. Um, literally, California and Camford and Stanford is called Big Game, not the Big Game, just Big Game. Like, are you in four? Are you a four-year-old? Big Game. <laughs> oh, I'm going to Big Game, guys. I'm going to a big game. Okay. I'm sorry. I've lost it. I'm hungry. I should probably (laughs) wrap this up. Robert, was there anything you wanted to talk about? You sent something to Micaiah. I heard you say, and he's not here, and I feel bad about that. Uh, There is the golden egg trophy. I'm sorry. I just keep looking over at the Wikipedia list. (laughs) Was there a topic you wanted to bring up before we close this out? I don't think so because the only the uh,
1: article that I sent to Micaiah was uh, one today, which was uh, which was the NCA stepping in and asking for help on the NIL
0: and how ridiculous that is. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you with this because I sorted the Wikipedia list by trophies. And there are four rivalries where the trophy is the victory bell, okay? Y'all need to figure yourselves out, and guess what? Besides Cincinnati and Miami, who was the first, they're allowed to have it. The rest of y'all need to figure yourselves out. That's the wrong button that I just clicked. This is what I wanted. This has been the 4th and 1 podcast. I'm looking at you, UCLA, UCS, Missouri, Nebraska, and Carolina, Duke. Okay, this has been the 4th and One Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Robert, as always, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. (laughs)